Welcome to Roll with Adventure, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination from our world to the far off world of Ebris, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and of course, magic. We are delighted to bring this adventure from our imagination to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us in this podcast, please visit us at RollWithAdventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Roll With Adventure's campaign of Shadows and Bliss. My name is Cass, and I'm the Dungeon Master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today, our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. This episode begins mid-afternoon on Mergistam, the 4th of Lyonnais, in the year 1083 PR, in the catacombs beneath the Tenorian Abbey, where our heroes have defeated Putrilax and the choir much quicker than I, the DM, expected last session. Now, before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember here, we roll with adventure. So, how dexterous or not have each of you been this past week? I have not been dexterous. There's no exciting or interesting or amusing story to go with that. I just am a garbage person this week and have very little mental or physical alacrity. So I will be neutral. Man, I feel that. I think I'm like blaming it on the weather because it's like sunny, cloudy, sunny, raining, cloudy, sunny, and it can't make up its mind. It's miserable. I hate it. <sighs> yeah, I'm not a big fan. Plus, so like you get that weather in the spring and then it's spring. So then my allergies are bothering me more and it's Ooh, yeah. just overall a bad scene. I think I need to get myself one of those like fancy lamps that helps you with the crappy weather. I mean, ooh, UV ray, UV lamps for seasonal depression. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I have seasonal depression, but like, I think it might give me a boost or something. Couldn't couldn't hurt. Um. Anyway, yeah. So I'm gonna go neutral. I haven't done anything particularly ridiculous, but I also just not feeling super dexterous. I guess. Uh, this afternoon, found out that we had a little bit of bread that needed used up, a little bit of cheese that needed used up, a little bit of mail that needed used up. Um, I managed to make exactly enough grilled cheese for everyone to use everything up exactly without cutting corners at the end. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and give myself a plus one there for resource allocation. Man, I've been trying to dredge my brain for uh, like a good, cool, either good or bad story. But I, honestly, it's been like a reasonable week. Uh, I am training which i really like but i don't know how the training is going which i really don't like you know what i was very agile brained today i mean i won't be anymore because i did it all today but i was very agile brained today i'm gonna take a plus one let's see what you roll i got a two a 17 brian did you say you rolled a 17 i rolled a 16 with my plus one it was a 17 i rolled 17 Uh, eight well in that case, uh, my name is Brian. I'm at Mind Over Brian on both Twitter and Twitch, although on Twitch I spell it with a zero. 
Um, and I am playing Melian Barebone, a changeling barbarian who uh, usually appears to be a red-headed half-elven young man with a nasty scar that cuts from his upper lip to his ear. Um, and my uh, like interesting fact about Melian this week is that he's been telling people that he can turn into a magic lion for uh, his whole life. He just didn't know it because his name is spelled M-E as in me and then lion as in L-I-O-N. <laughs> so his name is me lion. Uh, so he's just been telling people that's the thing that's going to happen to him for his whole life. It's, his name is prophetic, is I guess what I'm saying. Hi, my name's Allie, and I'm playing Cory Anaclathy Bostukbase, a Goliath Paladin. You may have noticed that Cory is very driven, very focused. They're the kind of person that doesn't really know what to do on vacation. Like, they couldn't go to the beach because they would it would just drive them crazy. Um, they usually have a to-do list that's like a mile long, and they just don't know how to sit still. Part of this comes from Goliath culture, where everyone works very hard to ensure the survival of the community and the very harsh surroundings that they live in. But mostly it comes from Stefan, Quarry's mentor. When Quarry was training with him, they traveled and hunted and did very little else. Stefan is one of the hardest working people that Quarry ever met, and that is the example that they were set for being a paladin. So their, their standards for themselves is very high, very, very high. Hello, my name is David. I play Jovan Savage Cooperson, a human scholar. Uh, when he was in the Abbey, uh, where he spent most of his uh, youth, when he met Quarry for the first time, um, and when she, uh, they came back to visit later on, one of the ways to pass the time was for was Quarry would tell Jovan stories, uh, all of them with a strong moral center. Uh, some of them include sometimes sentient cursed will let you kill them. They may even ask, it is your duty to dispatch them as quickly and painlessly as possible. You must always look past appearances. Uh, you cannot do everything alone. There are some things you cannot hope to accomplish without the help of stout allies. And some other ones, like, you must be sure, and every fact that makes you sure must be something you know to be true, not just something you've heard, among others. Uh, these are things that he's consciously or not, taken to be foundational lessons that he's built uh, much of his personal philosophies around. Hello, I'm Sasha, and I play Faileth, the half-elven bard who was raised by and can speak to ghosts. My fun fact about Faileth today is that she very nearly ended up in an orphanage. There was this sweet little gnome woman who ran an orphanage out of one of the towns that she wandered through, uh, who took pity on Faileth when she was probably about six or seven years old. She sort of lost track of the years after a bit. And uh, took her into her home, let her, you know, eat with the kids. She was completely fascinated by the idea of hot food. It was a very new experience for her. Uh, but then it was time for baths. And Faileth was so upset by the concept of hot, soapy water uh, that she immediately ran away and has been traumatized by baths ever since. Bella is traumatized by baths, too. Bella is also traumatized by baths. We wouldn't even think of it, baby. You would hurt us so badly. Now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember here, we roll with adventure.
You guys took my false ending? Darn it. (laughs) (laughs) Your false ending. Your second false ending. (laughs) That felt very nationalistic. Yeah, I can totally see it being background or, say, introductory music for a military ensemble down in the Republic of Tal Ren. Our session begins shortly after the defeat of Putrilax, the choir, and a small group of ghouls. The crystal that seemingly contains the combined magic of the denizens of Barrowman's rests in your hands. The crumpled and smoldering form of Putrilax lies on the ground near the now-defunct machine. Scattered about this large room are various tables covered with corpses at various states of decay, and in the small room cut off of the northern, northeastern corner of the room, is a table filled with papers, books, and various occult paraphernalia. Yovan, you've begun to investigate a small shrine off the main chamber that seemingly has not been desecrated. Kwari, you've begun to look over the unconscious form of Estrella Bocamp. Faleth, you have released the children with Robert, and the spirit of a young boy now beckons to you from within the depths of the catacombs. But before we deal with Yovan's investigation, Estrella Bocamp, or the spirit of the young boy that beckons to Faileth, I actually noticed that I didn't get a chance to ask Melian what he'd like to do at the end of last session. So, Melian, is uh, well, there anything you'd like to do? <laughs> uh, I mean, Melian's gotta get all the guck out of his fur. Um, uh, because, of course, what'll happen is he'll turn back into a human, or, yeah, into like a human or half-elf in this instance now, uh, instead of a uh, lion person, but all that all that muck from the brain jar is, is all over his legs, and it'll, it won't go anywhere, so he's going to be pulling out a cloth and, like, mopping guck off his... It's very unpleasant. Okay. Uh, while you're doing that, uh, Robert might even come over and offer you some rags. While you're doing that, Jovan, you've entered into this chamber, this shrine. Uh, I'll re-describe it as I described last session, and then tell me what you'd like to do there. This room is cut out from the main chamber, and appears to house a small shrine to the three members of the Triadrian Pantheon that the Tenorian monks venerate. Three statues, one of each divine, line the edges of the room, one hand reaching up to support the ceiling above, and the other held out as if beckoning. The ceiling the divine hold aloft depicts a night sky in mosaic style. Beneath it is a small altar with stubs of candles and an offering bowl. And just to confirm, there's no signs of desecration at all? None. Okay. Um, just going to quickly inspect the door. Was it sealed in any way before the events had transpired? Or does it look like it was being opened or used recently? It appeared to be an open arch. There was no door, nothing. But now that you think back, you can't be too sure that you remember seeing this room when you were in the other one. Is there any dust 
Has it been disturbed? Moved? Where you look uh, for your footprints, you see that they are thick. It does not appear that anyone has been in this small shrine for quite a while. Is there any uh, evidence of previous offerings within the bowl? Give me an investigation check. Ooh, actually not all that great. Uh, that is a five plus. Uh, so that's going to be a ten. Um, you know what? I got a brand new trick point. Let's burn it. Add uh, two trick points for 2d4. Okay, so 17. Looking into the bowl, you see that it actually has a thin layer of water in the bottom of it. The water, though, does not appear to be stagnant, as you would have expected. It appears to be clean and pure. Would I have had previous experiences with something like this? Um, A holy water offering or anything else that ritual that's reminiscent of this when it comes to the triad. In the Abbey of Truce's Solace, worship was focused upon soul. It didn't really touch on the others, but you did learn that there, like, the whole pantheon should be venerated, but there are various sects and groups out there that focus down on smaller groups of the gods, usually in pairings of three. So, like, there's the Celestial Triad, there's uh, the tri- there's the Elven Triad, there's a Dwarven Triad, and there's, like, there's the Three Kings. At the Abbey, in regards to water, you've definitely seen holy water before. Water just sitting in an offering bowl don't really know necessarily why. And but with a 17... Oh. oh, you've been muted? No, 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 sorry, I just realized I've been an idiot. I'm going to call Robert over after this, but... Um, <laughs> but you do notice that looking in the bowl, there's a reflection of something on the ceiling. Constellation, or... So when you look back up at the ceiling, and you cast your light a bit more up there, you note that it appears just be a completely normal night sky. There, It's mostly dark, but there are pinpricks of light, and they seem to be arranged like the night sky of this region. But when you look in the bowl, there is something else. Almost glimmering up there there is a symbol and it looks like the sun of soul the sunburst partially eclipsed by a moon with a six pointed star behind it hey Robert yep need a bit of your expertise here um, now if I'm not going crazy this room wasn't open when we first came in here and uh there's some He'll mystical. come over, and he takes a look around, and he goes, I have never seen this place, and I've been down here before quite a bit. In the water, there's a reflection. Something not in the ceiling. Do you recognize the symbol? 
Oh yeah, that's that's the that's the symbol of our order. It's the representation of the of this of the three celestial divines. Uh, check out the statue. See if you can find anything. I'm gonna see if I can get uh, up to that ceiling. Okay. Uh, sh- sh- sure. He'll start um, looking around. I'm gonna see if there's something <laughs> I can, because I feel like it's probably just a little heretical to climb on the altar. I'm gonna see if I can, um, if there's anything around the crypts that I can pull in to stand on to to reach up to the ceiling. How far up is it? It is a decent ways up. It's probably about 10, 15 feet. Oh, that's easy. And the ceiling is domed. Hey, Quarry. Yes? I could use a boost if you got a moment. Of course. Quarry will, I assume, like, have finished looking over Estrella. She's unconscious. Quarry's not gonna untie her because then she'll just fall out of the chair onto the ground. Um... And we'll head over to Yovan. She'll check back on Estrella when they have done whatever it is Yovan's looking for. Sounds good. I'll give you a quick rundown. Bit of a secret room. Not sure why it opened up for us, but it wasn't Hmm. here initially. Uh, Robert's over there checking out the statues. Uh, And if you peek into the water there, there's a reflection of the Abbey symbol that isn't up there. I'd like to get a bit of a closer look on the patch of ceiling it's reflecting on. Yes. Can I stand on your shoulders real quick? Of course. Um, Cass, does Quarry recognize the symbol that's reflected in the water? It has a partial sunburst of soul. But the alterations are not. Yeah, the alterations are not familiar to you. You've never been to this abbey before, and you guys didn't come through the front gate, so you don't actually know it. Hmm. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um... (laughs) Trust Robert at his word. Simple the abbey that checks out. Um, Quarry will kneel down and kind of like let the bottom of the door touch the ground and say, well, you can use the door as a, as a bit of a ramp up. Alright. Um, Jovan will clamber up as carefully as he can and then uh, keep his balance as Quarry stands up again. Hopefully. Okay, give me an acrobatics check. Can I uh, be aided by Quarry in this for advantage? <laughs> a Quarry, yes. give me a straight strength check. And if you get above a 10, let's go with you can aid him. Yes, that's a 12. Nice. <laughs> Cut me so close. You have <laughs> yeah. advantage. Uh, and sorry, acrobatics you said? Or athletics? Yes, please. Okay. I'm thinking acrobatics for keeping balance. I am much happier with acrobatics. Okay, so the first one was an 8. second one was a 14. Um, I don't actually know what my acrobatics mod is off the top of my head. Can't be terrible. Okay, it's not great. It's 3. Um, so 17. Lucky 17. You have made it successfully up here. The t- ceiling is made entirely of mosaic. Uh, can you give me a... Mace... Give me an investigation or a masonry tools. Like, what are you looking for up here? Um, I'm trying to see if it's just like a particular kind of ink or some form of magic that's causing the reflection, and if there's 
Like if it's a tile that could be removed, is there something behind it or something that could be interacted with? So I think masonry? Go right ahead. <laughs> that is a one. All right, secret for another day. As you are up there, you suddenly realize that looking down from up here, this catches your attention, that there is actually a circle of words written around the edge of this room. All right. Like around the ceiling or? No, around on the floor. And so you sort of do a little bit of a circle looking, and it says, Our gaze unceasing, eternal, into the unknown. Our gaze fleeting, fate twisted, upon fair Ebrus. Into the unknown! <laughs> Damn it, just eating through it. Into the unknown! <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, read it aloud um, for the benefit of the folks nearby. I will note that it is not written in common. It is written in in primordial. Then I will read aloud a translation in common for the benefit of those nearby. Here, uh, Cory, thank you. Uh, here, let me down. I think I've found something else here. No, oh, you're welcome. Cory will kneel down and Again, try to place the door conveniently for Yoko to get off. I don't suppose that means anything to you, Robert, Corey, uh, as he goes and inspects the writing itself. Does it mean anything to Quarry? No, hmm. it doesn't. Robert comes back to you as you are looking at this, and you and Quarry, your Quarry's helping you come down, and he goes, Statues all seem to be pretty normal. They seem to be the same as the statues up up there, uh, upstairs. But uh, you can see each of them has their holy symbol blazed on them. I've never seen this room. Don't know what it is. I don't suppose um, there's much else along the theme of reflections in the temple here, is there? Well, all the telescopes upstairs use reflection partially to... Uh, see in the night sky but other than that um, maybe I don't know I'm gonna try to head over to where the statues are and see are the statues looking at anything in particular following the statues sight line all of the statues appear to be gazing into the bowl depending on what sort of timeline we're looking at here I'd maybe like to spend a little more time here I feel like there's um though we should probably deal with the things waiting for us upstairs first Melian wanders in. What are we looking at in here? Magic bowl. Uh, well, not necessarily magic, but... Where is Faleth? Wasn't she with you? No. And with that, let's switch over to Faleth. Oh, Where is Faleth no. indeed? Where is she gone, that whippersnapper? So, Faleth, you... Most of the your companions have moved out of the room... Uh, you're over by the children. You've helped them a bit. Uh, there's a brief pause as most of the children have slumped down, gone to sleep. You've seen your companions wandering away. There's maybe five, ten feet from you. There's a table that is piled, that has quite a few papers strewn about, and a skull 
sitting on it that appears to have uh, be partly made of glass. And there is the archway that leads deeper into the catacombs. And a light begins to cap down the hall. You see, down the hall where this shimmering barrier once stood, the spirit of a young boy dressed in an archaic fashion, perhaps three or four hundred years old. This way, mistress. Someone wishes to speak with you. All right, let's go. You begin to follow the spirit of this child down, passing into hallways that are dark. There is no light in these. The light from the previous room is all but gone out. But with your dark vision, you can see along the walls there are niches, and in them are stubs of candles and small little shrines with paintings. Some are of constellations, some are of individuals, small scenes. And then you turn, and you continue following this child. Are you going to say anything to the child? Uh, can you give me a bit more of a glimpse into who might be wanting to talk to me other than someone? Which I will admit is not very elucidating. My father. My father would like to speak with you. Good, right. And uh, who is your father? The passageway ends in a wrought iron gate. Beyond it, a room decorated and adorned as if for a noble or prominent member of the order. You see the child walk straight through the iron bars, turns back to you, and beckons you inwards. Right. Um, Woogie, I'm going to see if I can fit. Yeah, you do a little bit of wiggling, and you're able to get through. Uh, getting out probably will be a bit harder, uh, but getting in is easy. Okay, here we go. The chamber beyond the gate is cold, frigid in comparison to the other chambers and passageways of the catacombs. And adorning the walls are frescoes and reliefs of landmarks around the town of Barrowman's. In the center of the room stands a single white marble casket. Upon its lid, a depiction of a nobleman in archaic armor laying at rest. Behind the casket hangs a portrait of a man in life with his family. And you can see the like almost a duplicate of the child is there. So this must be father's crypt. Hello. There is no answer. And you see the child just looks at you, smiles, and then fades. I mean come on, you brought me here! This is rude! Ugh, I go and investigate the coffin. Give me a investigation or perception check. Okay, which one am I better at? Let's see. Investigation it is. Uh, that is a 10 on the dice, plus 4 is 14. So as you look at the marble casket, 
you can see that there are carvings of battles along the edges of it. But there is also an inscription that reads, Here lies Lord Kaelin Viter, noble lord of the Vetersland, in the bosom of our maidens three. May he rest, may he know the peace that frost robbed him, and be reunited with his family in the ladies' book. Mr. Kaelin! Your son said that you wanted to talk to me. <sighs> Fine, we'll do this the hard way. I put my hand on the casket and try to summon his spirit. <gasps> With that, let's no. switch back to the other group. <laughs> Excellent. I think one of you just asked where Faileth was. Yeah, uh, they were with... Um... They were with Melian, the, weren't The children, were they... Faileth, I think, was checking on the children. No, the Robert was checking on the children. Robert, did you see where Faileth went? Uh, Yovan, you, you called me over. I I left her with the children. Oh, yeah. Well, that's right, okay. Well, Melian will march over to the children. They're all asleep. Uh, and shake the cages, then. Children! Uh, have uh, you seen uh, where Faileth went? No. Who? Girl who unlocked your cages, you fools. Uh, Where is she? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, mister. And then you see a little girl near the back sort of just clutches her dress a bit and points towards the tunnel down into the catacombs. Uh, Melian immediately pulls out a torch and lights it off of one of the torch sconces in here. And then takes off down that corridor. Uh, not shouting yet. Quarry would turn to... Is it Robert? Yep. Uh, and say, stay and watch the children and if and Estrella. And the, the kids... Faileth didn't remove the weird crown things from them, right? All of them were removed. Oh, were, okay, were removed. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. Alright, then, then Quarry will... Head off after Melian. Hey, uh, Rump, real quick before we go running down there. Um, what is down there? I've never been down there. That's past the barrier. Not anymore, it isn't. No one's been able to bring the barrier down. Uh, I'm gonna leave Lantern with you. Give us five minutes. If we're not back by then, come get us. Okay. Okay. If he's our backup plan, we're in some real trouble. <laughs> can drag our unconscious bodies out of there, probably. After probably. whatever... Whatever's eaten us has had its fill. Uh, and then I'm chasing after Quarry. <laughs> Excellent. So, we're now we're strung out along this, this tunnel. So you are... Melian, you're running down this tunnel. You're passing niches on either side, and you come to a fork. It goes left, and it goes straight. Uh... Is there any sign on the ground of which direction they may have gone? Give me a survival check. Let's see your tracking skills. Is a seven good enough? To... You have advantage because they're... It's really dusty. Oh, good. Is a 19 good enough? To... She went left. All right, I go left. Uh, but also I leave us... I, I drag the 
torch against the wall as I go left to leave a step mark so that they'll know which direction I'm in. You notice that there are also some torch sconces along. Do you want to be lighting those as you go? Yeah, sure. That way, Sounds that's good. A be- it's a much better way to indicate which way I went. Sounds good. With that, Melian, uh, Quarry, Yovan, you guys don't have to worry about following Melian. You'll be able to easily follow him unless you decide to not go in the direction of the lit torches. <laughs> Unlikely. One of these days, this habit of following the lights in the distance is going to bite me, but uh, following him today, yes. Okay. Melian, you'll be the first to arrive at the Iron Gate. Mm-hmm. What you can see on the other side is going to be what I'm about to describe to Faileth. Faileth, as you call out to him, you can feel the temperature drop even further than it already is. Thin coatings of ice and frost begin to grow and like tendrils up the walls and places and your breath forms you see the marble effigy or covering on the top sort of shift a bit as if stretching out and then its eyes pop open still marble but the form of a fully grown man in archaic armor with broad shoulders and long hair hello what did you want i apologize i apologize that i had to send my son but i feared that you would not have followed me I am Kaelin Vita, and I cannot find rest. Oh no! Most ghosts can't? Do you want me to try to help you to move on? Just so you knew, I haven't ever had any real luck with that. Child of death. Mm-hmm. You have heard of me. Um... Have I? Uh, does the ghost appear to be threatening? Like, does he so, look threatening? No. Oh, the thing is, the it's basically the lid of the coffin is talking. Faileth is talking to a coffin, and the carved marble top of it is just talking back to her. But it's loud enough that you can hear Melia. Hmm. I apologize if I should know your name i feel like it's vaguely familiar in that someone may have told me something about you at some point but i've just forgotten because to be perfectly honest i don't pay a ton of attention when the other people talk um are you famous for something you have been touched by the one you have been touched by the one who robbed me of my life and took from me my rest oh who's that then Four hundred years ago. Four hundred years ago. My son was ill. I was lord of this land. I paid homage to the maidens. 
and to the gods. I was a kind man, a kind master. But Hegeel was ill, and I would do anything to save his life. A man approached me, a man with eyes of red ice. He promised to save Hegeel, but that the cost would only be another life. I accepted willingly. I thought I would die so that my son would live. Ooh, but you didn't. It was somebody else. No, I did. Oh. But he took my life. He took me. And locked me away. To be a spectator. To watch as he destroyed everything. To watch as he plunged my lands into ice and snow. He was the death of my son. The death of my wife. The death of everything I cared for. And I was so happy when the young lord slew me. It's at about this point in the tale that Quarry, you and Yovan have both arrived. Oof. What are the three of you out there doing? I'm assuming as per usual we can't see the specter. You think that Faelith is talking to just the, the casket. But you can hear the words of the specter. And it does look like the mouth on the casket is moving. I don't want to alarm anyone, but that barrier was up for a reason. If you remember the story... Oh, oh, he's talking. Yes, this appears to be the man who I thought was perhaps behind everything. Faileth, are you alright still? Yep! Just here in this ghost story. Hi, guys! Does the ghost have a name? Um... Yes. It's not Vita, is it? Tar... Tar... Vel, nope. Vel... Nope. Gil... Nope. Vum... T... Hmm. I don't remember. Vil... Vi... It might be Vita, sure. <laughs> Ghost, what's your name again? I've completely... Teravangian. No, that's a completely different fantasy series. Every time she starts with a, a G or something, Yovan r- visibly relaxes. Every time she switches over to starting with a V, he tenses up. Vic. I am Vi- Lord Kaelin Vita. That's the one. See, Kaelin, that was the name I was trying to think of. Kaelin Vita, that's the one. 
Emotional roller coaster. Kaylin, okay, <laughs> Kaylin. I don't know Kaylin. Let's say for this. Kaylin, what? <laughs> he seems pretty nice. Whoever uh, touched me and made me a vessel of death is the thing that killed him. Isn't that interesting? No. You have brushed with that which killed me. It is not what made you what you Oh, are. damn it. I thought I was getting closer. Apparently I've just touched it. All Bummer. you have. You've come so close to it. That which burned its mark into my soul. That which holds me here, unable to rest. Not Lord Gessa, but... The Frost King. Wait, can you guys hear him? Yeah. Oh, that's weird! Isn't that weird? I've been translate... I've been, like, interpreting because I figured you couldn't hear him, but you can hear him! What are you? You see sort of the top of the coffin quake quiver and then a spectral form sort of breaks free a bit from it sort of until it's basically sitting up to look at you and unlike ghosts that have been forgotten who begin to decay and start to look very old this ghost look doesn't if he wasn't see-through and sort of spectrally, you'd think that he wasn't a ghost. What are you? But you can see that burned onto his soul is a sort of symbol that vaguely looks like an, an F, but is really ornate and has like a strange almost half-circle that comes off and grips around and a tail like a serpent. Wait, this isn't something we've seen before, is it? Because that description sounds familiar to me. An F with a tail like a serpent? Uh, Faileth, if you want to... If he's feeling talkative, ask if it was him or this Winter Lord that uttered the curse. Um, did you make the curse, Mr. Veter, sir? Which one... Oops. Oh, that kind of means you're dead, huh? I'm going to assume. I cursed him. I said that I would wait, that I would remain until I could destroy him. Oh, no, I meant someone no. would do my work and bring him destruction. Are you done? Is that is that the whole monologue? Okay, no, I meant slightly wounded. (laughs) I'm sorry, you've been waiting a long time to get your drama out. Do it again, I'll be suitably impressed. Faileth has some terrible graveside manner. Actually, though, what I meant was the curse that's like made all your all the townspeople here like walk the whole walk the world as uh, spiritual zombies. You haven't raised a finger that that's not the curse he was talking about, but. Oh, there's another... How many curses are there? No, actually, Yovin, what curse were you talking about? There's another curse. Uh, the curse on Lord Gessa and all of Lord Gessa's descendants. Who's Lord Gessa? (laughs) Oh my god, I am not listening to anything any of you people say. I see that you have heard the tales... 
the lies that have been propagated to protect my rest. I mean, they have. Clearly, I haven't been paying attention. Gessa's family was a friend. I knew Gambian as a boy. He saved me by killing Frost then. Jovan, if I understand correctly his story, uh, the part you missed is that the Frost King, as it were, took the man's place, just as I would if I were to kill a man and assume his skin. That's comforting. That's incredibly comforting. <laughs> you have a way with words, Melian. Uh, wait, do we actually hear the bit where the Frost King took him over before we arrived? I thought that was before we showed up. That... It was before you showed up, but not before oh. I showed up. Melian showed up right at the beginning when he got summoned, and then you guys showed up a little bit later. Gotcha. So he was impersonated, or possessed, or... Mm -hmm. Possessed. I was a prisoner in my own mind. I saw everything. I felt everything. That which calls itself the Frost King is not of this world. It comes from a distant place, one of unimaginable pain and horror. It does not wish to return where it came from. It wishes to conquer and to change our lands, everything that is beneath the light of soul, that is beneath the grace of the Triadrian. It wishes to conquer and cover all in ice. And then it will turn its gaze back to where it came from, where it was called forth from, and it will attempt to even conquer Called forth. Who would call such a thing? It has lived for over a millennia on this world. And before that, there is no marker of time that I can understand to know how old it was in that place of pain and horror. I cannot rest until it is dead, and if not dead, at least banished from this world. If it is not from this world, will any ordinary means be sufficient to kill it? No. But I shared its mind, and I know its weakness. And the spirit fixes all of you with a very intense stare that almost seems to drive into your souls as he begins to say it was not born here and as such it is not bound by the same laws that we are it must have a host without a host upon this world it is forced into its true form where it is weak its name it goes by the frost king 
But unlike our names, its na true name holds great power over it. Greater than even the true names of those beings that walk through this world. It cannot be destroyed. If it is destroyed by conventional weapons, it will simply seek a new host. To banish him, he must be slain with power from the place he hails from. Now, before you say that that cannot be done, each host it takes, it saturates with its power. Each host it takes, it makes, in a way, remakes them of the world it is from. What I ask of you is fashion a weapon from a bone of my body. Take all that I have left. And drive it into his heart. I very rarely agree with ghosts, but I am willing to drive a bone sword into another ghost. Especially as it currently inhabits that druid. Oh, I will relish stabbing that druid. Why were you sealed here, then? Why would Lord Gessa have the barrier erected? if you were the secret to ending it once and for all. I am not the secret of this abbey. Before the plague, before the flare took the upper echelons of this abbey, and its purpose was lost, the barrier could simply be brought down and reinstated over and over. I was interred here, so that should frost rise once more, my bones and body would not have been destroyed by his agents. So perhaps the cult was seeking to destroy the body so we would not have a weapon? I do not know. But the, I am not the only weakness it holds. It came into this world through a tower. A tower it calls the Tower of Merulis. That is now known as the Fractal Tower. Frost despises it. He attempted to destroy it, but he could not. While he controlled my body, he even attempted to mount an army against it. But the tower has its own defenses, and removed itself partially from this world to ensure it would not be destroyed. I do not know for sure, but if he came into this world in its depths, then his name may perhaps be there and other weaknesses, for it will have the knowledge of what is his truth. But be wary. The tower is spelled and guarded. Its master, Merulus, was a powerful Iltharan wizard, who dabbled beyond even the allowances of his superiors. Look, this all sounds very 
important and menacing and I'm very proud of you. I'm sure you've been practicing this for a while because you've been, you know, a coffin for a bit. And at some point, maybe we'll get to your quest, but we've got our own quest that we're kind of at a standstill at because we've got to save the people of this town first. And then we've really got to get back to our quest. I don't know when we're going to fit your quest in. Actually, the the quest of Demo Hollow, um, the Frost King, this gentleman's speaking of, is very likely the one who's stealing the kids. And also oh, really? Social. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's convenient. Yeah. It's like it's all been plotted together by some master storyteller <laughs> threading the little threads together until it everything made sense. Not quite. There's just a, a maximum threshold of co-conspiracies that can exist in a given area. I mean, also that, that sure. This area. Yeah. Lord Vitor, can you tell us having inhabited that thing's mind, can you tell us, is there some reason that it would want children, that it would take children? It sought power. Any way to amass power. Be that to suck things dry of their soul and their magic, it would do without a thought. But it is also a creature of consummate corruption. It delights in taking the pure and not defiling them of body, but of mind and soul. If it has taken children, then I hasten you to seek to destroy it. Within my coffin, within my coffin lies my bones, and my javelin, of the finery that has survived to take anything. I call the feet. To whomever does take my weapon. Frost took from it one of the three gems. It is weakened in power. But should you find the third, it could be restored. Uh, Melian will look at the other two outside the cell and be like, Do either of you wield a javelin? Not I. I was thinking perhaps we could each take a bone and have someone fashion a weapon for us so that any of us might strike the killing blow if the opportunity presents yes but the ghost just presented us with a magic javelin I am inquiring as to your skills in such an area as far as I am concerned I it is all yours Cory looks inquiringly at Jovan Jovan looks briefly panicked might pull out a crossbow bolt and indicate the size difference and like I can't that's that's well outside my capabilities. I missed uh, javelin throwing training in the abbey. Skipped right by it. <laughs> it was a gift from the maidens. Use it well. Of you, Mistress of Death, I have one more boon to ask of you. Sure. 
Stop granting boons before you hear what they are, Vela. <laughs> Fine. Fair. I can sense it nearby. There is an object that has the capability to shelter souls within it. I would ask that you shelter mine, that I might accompany you and see him die. Yovan cautiously holds up the shiny green gem? No. It was brought here. I think it looks like a skull. Is that <laughs> my mother's skull? No. It is in the chamber where my son beckoned you from. Oh, the crystal one. The, like, glass one. Yucky. Wait, did, there was a crystal skull and I didn't notice? And I haven't been making crystal skull jokes this whole time? Yeah. Oh, I'm a failure. You are, really. I'm very disappointed. Yoan's gonna watch um, Cory. Does Cory look like she's believing the ghost? She's pretty confident there's no urge to purge going on in there. <laughs> urge to purge. She feels the urge. The urge to purge. Bleh. Um. <laughs> what this ghost is selling, she's buying no problem, right? There's no issues there. Corey was feeling skeptical until he mentioned following the gods and then referring to the wor- like the world as under soul's light, which, I mean, is kind of flimsy. He could still be lying to us, but... No, no, bad guys don't take the good gods' names. No. Never! The laws against that or something. This should be. And he's, been, he's asked to be put to rest, and it sounds like the quest he's setting on, setting us on, will do that. If we, if it turns out that he's lying to us, then I mean, worst comes to worst, whatever he's doing a the good ice job. We've now embedded his bones into them, allowing some sort of possession to occur and making a being worse than the one that we sought to kill her. But I mean, if that isn't the case, then yeah, we're golden. Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course he's buying it. Yovin's all in. <laughs> okay. Let me do an insight um, check on this coffin. I love the amount of, yeah, yeah, we're definitely, yeah, we're definitely buying this that we're doing. This is definitely in. This sounds like a definitely good plan. It's going well. <laughs> this is not a bad idea uh, at all. Melian is now blinded by the idea that there is a magic javelin in there that he could have. So uh, he's so super on board. Well, Ali is skeptical. I think the other thing is that he's. Um, nope, never mind. My brain's just totally gone. There was another. Oh, uh, the cult of bliss wanted in here, and if he is, if his body is the weapon that can destroy the thing, because Quarry's whole theory is that all of this is tied together, and they thought Vitor was like the the head guy and needed his body back to gain full power. But it sounds like they need to destroy the body to stop their evil frosty leader from being killed. So Cora's kind of like, oh, okay, now I get why they were trying to get back here. Anyway, that's their theory. Not not to so dissent here, but generally when a big bad evil group is trying to bust into a crypt that has been locked for centuries, and we only have it on the ghost word, so there used to be a switch you could flick it on and off. Usually it's sealed for a reason. I could absolutely see the whole, like, reunite the Frost King with his old host being something that the 
hold this. Well, then, to do. Uh, Jovan should definitely say something because everyone else is super on board. No, absolutely. <laughs> I, when it comes to things undead, Corey's the be all end all as far as Jovan's concerned. If he, this is a trustworthy ghost to Corey, it's a trustworthy ghost to Jovan. Oh, no dear. <laughs> right, so which one of you is going to go get the crystal skull then? Because I'm on this side of the bars. It should be Jovan because he looks the most like Indiana Jones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I go. I go get a crystal skull. I guess. Jovan, you head back, <laughs> and you come back. You come back into that small little chamber that's sort of cut out off the side of the main chamber, and you're looking about, and you see like you see the skull of what looks like some bovine animal. You see a couple other skulls, and then you see the table, and the table is covered in papers, and some small journals and things like that, and some letters, it looks like. And then you see a humanoid skull, gilded in silver and gold, serves as a base for a clear orb of crystal. Looking into the orb, you see a mist that eddies around what almost appears to be a miniature house of an unfamiliar style. There appears to also be words etched around the base of the skull. I've seen this before. I want the wooden skull, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, what, what do the words say? I shelter those no longer tethered to serve as hearth and home till they decide to the lady's book. Their soul shall then expire. Okay. I mean, if it isn't too much trouble, I'll also get you to pop that into the Facebook group. Oh, of course. You're well. a hero. It, depending on, uh, I'll pop it into the Facebook group. But also, whoever gets the whoever's carrying the item, which I assume is going to be Faileth, uh, will have it. You in guys can fight me for it. <laughs> mm, I mean, we could. That doesn't sound like something any of us. Would be, if anyone decides to fight you for it, then they have to fight me for it. It's a whole thing. Oh, I know. Yeah. Like, even so... if Million wasn't in the picture, I don't think I could take Faileth. <laughs> <laughs> Even with the magic off the table, I don't think I could fit Faileth, so... <laughs> I do have more hit points than you. We have established. Um, Eovin's probably going to be coming back to this room. Um, but in the meantime, it would be rude to keep the ghost waiting. Uh, so he's going to, after checking for pressure plates, pick up the skull and the... It was sitting on a table. Like, clearly a necromancer put it down here. Wait, really? Can intuit that a necromancer put it down? Like, <laughs> it's it's <laughs> yes. in the middle of his other necromancer tools. Durr. This this was included in the occult paraphernalia comment that I made earlier. Fair enough. I'm just saying, like, he might have apprentices moving it around, or might have had his. Anyway, I pick up the stuff. <laughs> um. So you come back, you bring it back, well, you hand it over to Faleth. Wait, 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 wait. While Yovan's gone, Corey had a question to ask Corey okay. Peter. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the shield being put up in the time of the flare before some of the leaders of this abbey were taken. I wonder what you can tell us about the flare that might be significant. Is there any connection between it and the Frost King? No. The flare is an artifact much older than the Frost, than the Frost King's being on this world. It is an was an accident of the Eltherans. 
Some say that it was part of the punishment the Triatrian dealt to them that laid them low, and it has been our penance ever since. So there are no clues related to that here behind the shield? All that I know is that the Abbey was created in the year 469 by the four brothers. They were not, they are not interred in the catacombs proper. Mm. There are no crypts dedicated to them. Only the barrier protecting whatever lies deeper. If that is them, I do not know. Kor is just quietly pondering because the uh, Putrilax had mentioned the flare when talking to Estrella. Um, Estrella, thank you. Um, and then he mentioned the flare, and Kor was like, okay, maybe he was. Maybe Putrilax was searching for something related to the flare and didn't have anything to do with this guy's body at all, but no, I don't know. Anyway, that was my only question. Yovan can totally come back. Yovan arrives back with the skull <laughs> and hands it through the bars to Fela. Yeah, I'll pass it along. He's only a little bit hesitant. There's only a few alarm bells at the back of his head that he's just quietly ignoring here. Right, so is there a ritual or something to put you in this here, Doohickey? He looks at you, and you sort of hear him echo a little bit in your mind. And he says, With time you will learn to control this. But I give you a gift. Control you? For the boon that you give me. Ooh, presents. Call on me in your direst need. And you see his spirit sort of like almost is drawn in like a vapor through the eyes of the skull. And then he is gone. And you almost think that you see a small little light glimmering now inside the house. As if there's a fire now burning in a heart. And Faileth. Uh-huh. Sasha, will you please add the spell Summon Undead <laughs> to Faileth's lists of spells known. It is not normally a, a bard spell, but you must not be from the base book because it's not in my app from Tasha's Cauldron of Everything I'll have to make it up Uh, I have that book oh no I'm going to have to manually input it into my app rather than just choosing it from the list Uh, you might be able to find it online so you can just copy paste it that's the plan Phyllis has a couple of spells like that summon undead yes now there is only there's two pieces that I should make note for this. One, the 
Shelter of Souls, which is the item that you are holding in your hand that I will drop into your character document after you've taken a short rest uh, or a long rest, will also serve as the Gilded Skull worth at least 300 GP. So it's a one-time use thing. No, it is not consumed. Ooh. It is a continuous spell that you have, but at this moment you only have Veter, so you can only use it to summon a creature that is of ghostly form, which will okay. be Veter's soul coming out of the skull to help you. Cool. Perhaps later on, as you gather more ghosts, uh, you may be able to also summon putrid and skeletal versions. Cool. As the spell allows. Corey's going to be super excited about that. <laughs> no, she's not a necromancer, I swear. <laughs> as Veter's soul is drawn in through the eyes of the skull, and that light begins to form, there is a dis- resounding thunderous crack as the top of the casket cracks straight down the middle and the two halves fall to the sides. There is inside it the skeletal remains of a warrior garbed in some armor clutched by its skeletal hands is a javelin constructed of pale white wood that is tipped with obsidian, and a thin trail of mist almost exudes around it from two small spheres of cloudy crystal quartz embedded between the wrappings where the wood meets the blade. Between the two small spheres is a small gap where it appears that additional sphere he mentioned perhaps could be placed. You also note that there is a clasp on what perhaps had once been a cloak that has clearly decayed, and there is a bracelet with a small emerald on it, on his, one of his um, arms. Well, we should collect some bones. Perhaps the, the leg bones may be the... This is going to be a really weird conversation to have with Alan. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I mean, we can just put them in my, my bone sack. Well, would, do you have any similar bones? We would not want them to become confused. I mean, I've got mostly teeth, but I have been branching out to feet. The, um, would the leg bones fit in your bag? No. Ah. Quarry will scoop them up and put them in their own. It's less bad. I don't bad know that you're going to fit in there. Basket. Quarry. Hmm? I don't know that you're going to be able to get at those bones, Quarry. You have to go, you have to make, step through the bars of this wrought oh, iron gate. Yeah, I think I'm oh, going to have to get them. About the gate. Sorry. Thank you, Melian. But I'll give them to you once I got them all out. Wonderful. Realistically, we should probably take as many bones as we can in case we need others as well. Whole skeleton it is. Daggers out of the ribs. I call the feet though. Oh, I feel like the finger bones would make good little arrowheads if I was you. Now you're thinking like a necromancer. (laughs) (laughs) No need to be insulting. (laughs) It will take some time, 
but you're able to gather everything from the corpse, from the skeleton. Along with the bones, there is, as I described, a small silver bracelet that has an, an emerald in it. The bracelet appears to be finely etched, and almost see, looks like it's meant to be leaves wrapping around the arm. And then there's a small brooch, or pin for attaching a cloak, and the javelin. With that, Faileth, you're able to squeeze your way out, and as you do, you see sort of the ghost of the young boy form again. And he looks at you and says, I'll wait until my father can go with me, and then we'll join Mama together. All right. Please don't fail. Try my best, kiddo. I feel like I haven't overthought this enough, so I'm going to toss this in there. Maybe we want to leave an arm behind, just in case we fail, and another badge of adventurers comes up to follow up on our tracks, so they have something to find. Good point. Very good How point. disappointing would it be to follow all the stuff that we did to find the ultimate weapon to defeat the, the Frost King, and find just an empty, cleaned-out sarcophagus? Like yeah, just... yeah, all those clues that we definitely followed to get here. Yeah, absolutely. Calculated. <laughs> I step mean, Quarry thought this body was important for the wrong reasons admittedly but so now with everything gathered how are you guys going to divide up the spoils I think I've got the bones okay uh, except for the feet which I'm sure fail if <laughs> they are mine I'm putting them in my feet bag oh there's, now there's feet bones in the bone. Just Teeth and feet! So wrong. I've learned so much from this village. Uh, yeah, I guess Melian will take. Um, if nobody claims that silver bracelet, I'll take the silver bracelet. And the javelin. Yep, Cory just wanted the bones. Not Yoven? gonna lie, that's not a sentence I had ever expected to hear, but. <laughs> yeah. Me either. Okay. Uh, Brian, I have dropped the description of the javelin and uh, what its powers, what it does. Uh, it does require attunement. Mm -hmm. So, until then... It's just a regular javelin. Yeah, it's just a regular javelin to you. <laughs> but now you've got that there, and once you have attuned... We can let everyone know what it does. Okay. So you guys can t start walking back along the hallway, and you come to that T-junction. You know that turning right will take you back to the main room that you came from, but turning left will take you deeper into the crypt. What uh, would you like to do? As we're leaving the crypt and walking down the hallway towards this Y, Corey's gonna say, I've been thinking about his description about the the fancy F, the symbol of this Frost King. And doesn't it does it sound to anybody else like the the symbols that we've been not the symbols we've been finding where the missing children are, but the the cold metal 
that we've been finding near the parents that were possessed. It's possible. That always struck me as more of a uh, sort of a, a T, or maybe an I, but I suppose it could be. With the serpent, that, that tail sort of thing at the bottom. Uh, matches. Something to something to consider. Well, perhaps when we get back to the house, the ghost himself could verify. That would hmm. that would put the nail in the coffin, concerning whether this is all tied together or not. Mm-hmm. Would be helpful to have certainty, or more certainty than we have. Be nice just to so, home. any certainty at all. <laughs> Before we get too ahead of ourselves, I'd rather like to grab the notes. Um, I'll be with you in just a moment. Um, so, Yovan, you're going to turn right and head back towards the main chamber? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to skip those. Uh, I mean, Melian will... Get... Sorry, I don't know why I interrupted you. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, we have to go touch base with Romp and the kids anyways, so. Uh, Melian urge us to find where the, wherever the uh, access is to a higher level, and at least leave someone there to let us know if undead priests are coming to get us. <laughs> or mind-controlled priests with undead slaves, you know, whatever. Before we head further into the crypts, I wonder if we should take care of the rest of the Cult of Bliss. There should be, I think, three? Two. Two more. Uh, one, if Putrelax were one of the black-garbed men. Did we kill two of them already, and then Putrelax? Well, there were there were three total, right? We took one out outside the crypt. I'm wearing his clothes, and I'm wearing his skin. Right. Then we so killed Futralax. That's two. I, I thought there were four for some reason. Uh, three went north, three went south, and four remained. No. Is what the townsfolk said. Yeah, in which case you are absolutely correct, Allie. There are, in fact, four of them. You, there should be two remaining. I withdraw my... <laughs> uh, for what it's worth... thing where you say no. Objection. That's the one. <laughs> the, the ghouls and whatnot might have been black robed as well. Like it was described as several of them um, being covered in bandages, stinking terribly, and the guard that had met them had to take a bath because it smelled like the grave. It's possible there's a couple zombies in black robes. So mm. he also murdered some zombies. If we want to get optimistic. Uh, does anybody have like a response for Corey's thoughts about finishing off the the cult of bliss before we explore further, or? Uh, Melian grins excitedly. Yes, let us destroy the rest of these fools before... I don't know why fools is his word right now. But let us destroy the rest of these fools before we delve too deep into the boring knowledge stuff. I mean, we have to. We're not getting out the way we went in. So we have to go up, and that's where the priests and I are waiting. Once we have freed the priests, perhaps some of them can tell us more about these deeper catacombs and save us some trouble. I would ask one question before we go, though. Um, if we can have Faileth's new companion, 
perhaps answers some questions about the strange room that we found with the magic ball reflection. It seemed to be like it might be a, some sort of scrying implement, if I was being optimistic. If it was, it would be very helpful. Do we want to investigate it, or should I summon my ghost pal? Well, I was hoping maybe if we summoned the ghost pal, he'd be able to shed some light on it. Alright, I guess I... Hmm, here's the thing. Do I have access to my third level spells before I've had my long rest? So, in for this spell in particular, because he has just given it to you, you do know it. Okay, so I You don't intrinsically to... know it. Uh, but you do also think that the skull has some capabilities, perhaps, for communication, but you might need to take a rest and figure out those before you are able to use them. Yeah. If that was a thing. Yeah. Buddy, um, I think I can just talk to him, but I have to, like, spend a little time to figure out how this thing works. I'm used to ghosts that just kind of hang around. I suppose it's not a terrible rush. We can come back after, after we finish clearing out this. How are the rest of you doing? I took remarkably few wounds in this most recent battle. I am battle. very nearly dead. Well, Faleth, Faleth, have you drunk the healing potion I gave you? No. Would you drink the healing potion I gave you, please? But we haven't gotten into another battle. Yes, but if we do, I would rather you not spend your precious time drinking a potion when you could be avoiding being struck. Okay. I drink the healing potion. Finally. Nothing bad happened it, yet. She didn't see the need. It is 2d4 plus 2. Four hit points. What? I no. have <laughs> ten now. You rolled two ones. I did. I did. I did. I did. I forgot how terrible healing potions are. Yep. They're so expensive, too. They kind of are. Uh, Heal for four. I'm gonna note, noting that Faileth doesn't look remarkably improved. <laughs> um... Corey's gonna uh, put a hand on Phaelus' shoulder and say, I heard what you said, and I, when we were fighting, I couldn't agree with you more. The dead really should stay dead. Uh, they should. Give uh, Phaelus another ten points. Oh, thank you. I'm halfway back. Perhaps for the benefit of the child, we take a moment and allow her to perform some sort of restorative meditations that she knows or something. Um, I guess I, I have a spend song some hit dice while we <laughs> spend oh, some I have hit a dice song of I have the song of rest I've never used because we never take short rests. Um, perhaps while Yovan looks over the paper. Yeah, I want to look at that bowl some more. How does it work? Do you guys want to take the hour uh, to do the short rest? Uh, I want to know where the I want to know where the stairs are first because I want to take my short rest in front of the stairs. So the stairs were basically right across from the stairs that you took to come up oh. onto this level. Okay. Then yeah, Malian will take a position, or at least looking down that hallway, so that uh, if we if somebody comes, he'll be on watch. But yeah, otherwise I'm good with taking a short rest. I can okay. use my song of rest, which I've never used. Uh, so you guys get an extra d6... Of hit points. 
What are the chances we can scround up 20G of strange components from the stuff the Necromancer had? Possibly. Because that would allow me to put down a uh, magic perception zone in here and go through all the magic items that were found and determine their use. If we're going to be spending an hour anyways. <laughs> so you guys could spend the hour down here. The undead upstairs possibly go uh, will eat the rest of the humans that are up there. <laughs> so I mean, it's been a couple days. If they haven't already eaten them, what would have changed to have them eat them now? Well, we... The crowns don't work anymore? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would do it, wouldn't it? Uh... Oh, they're gonna eat the children. I'm gonna spend oh, an hour to do the so magic... This weapon is so good, you guys. I'm gonna spend an hour to do the magic perception. I'm gonna inspect the things, and I'm gonna find out... Oh, these are... Good news, I found out what they're for. They're to stop the ghouls from eating everyone. <laughs> they don't work anymore. We could bring the kids down here. I think... They are down here. So oh, you have the all the kids down it's here. It's the other humans that we're worried about. Could, I don't care about them. You don't care about the kids, and you don't care about the regular humans. You I don't care want about the kids a little bit. Could we <laughs> take our short rest after we have seen what's going on upstairs? I mean... I mean, if here's the thing. Oh, yes, we absolutely could do that. Um, I have exactly one rage left, so uh, Faileth don't get hurt two times. Um, um, and also, this okay. weapon is really cool, but I don't know that until I find out that it's really cool by us taking a short rest. Wait, wouldn't you have more than six hit points? Don't you get the hit points from leveling up as, like, actual hit points, not MT? No. The thing is, I Your just... hit point maximum goes up, but you don't get any more actual hit points. I have ten now, right. though, because I... No, I have 20 now because I got, because, uh, uh... I don't know if there's actually a rule about that. I think that would actually be up to Kath. That's how, the, that's how my, um, that's how my app handles it. It doesn't give you extra hit points. It just... Well, I mean, the reason I said it's because mine but... handled it the exact opposite way, so... Interesting. I suppose it would make more sense if you didn't get the hit points right away. Like, you unlock spell slots, you don't immediately get those spell but slots. But that's usually because spell slots aren't, like, you have to rest to get them. Whereas on the other hand, too. you getting... Well, so but here's the thing, like, for example, my ability to do extra attacks, I don't have to rest to get it, because it's just an ability I get. Mm, fair. Wait, really? Yeah, so, uh, so I, I mean, Cass is welcome to correct me if, if I am wrong. Uh, but the way that I've always interpreted it is the reason you don't get your spells immediately is because the way you get spells is by taking a rest and having those available at the end of it. So even if it's spontaneously cast, you still need to have taken the rest to get those spell slots. So I guess the the easiest way to put it is that if you level up, you have the spell slots available, but they're expended. You haven't recharged them yet. But anything that's just a natural ability, when you go up a level, you you now have that ability. It doesn't recharge yet. So I Am guess I the, the way to result, the way to explain it for my character would be as a barbarian, I have a certain number of rages a day. If we had hit level six and my number of rages had gone up, because those don't refill until I rest. I still only have the number I started with. However, hit points is just essentially how healthy you are. So if you, I mean, you go up a level and you become more healthy, which is a very loose way to describe that, but you don't, you don't have to get that by resting. You are just more healthy. Brian is mostly correct. There, the only caveat to that is that you do gain the spell slot. It's just that you don't have the, that you haven't, I know that not all the casters technically are prepared spellcasters, but it's that even though they now know a th that they haven't officially 
added a spell known of that level mm-hmm. until they finished that rest. So mm-hmm. technically, the only reason Faileth could cast Summon Undead right now is because this ghost, which is a third level spell, specifically is like, I'm teaching you this spell, and taught it to her immediately. So she could use her third level slot for that, or she could use it for a lower level spell. And then when she's rested, she'll get access to the new spells that she's learned as well. But uh, there is, I'm seeing like, I'm seeing actually two different things online about hit dice. One saying you add it to your hit point maximum, and another saying you add it to your hit point maximum and the hit points that you've got. Uh, Let's just say you also add it to the hit points that you've got and make it easy. So So I've got 25. Yeah. That way Faileth is slightly healthier. Slightly less likely to die. And now, with that, you guys have are back in the main room, and you've been maybe having a little bit of this discussion because you've been looking around doing that. Yovin, you did say that you wanted to look at the documents on the table, right? Um, well, with the sudden occurrence that uh, the ghouls are probably eating people upstairs, I might more sweep them into a bag <laughs> for looking at mm-hmm. later. Romp, who you left in this room, has reorganized them, and he's organized them into three different bundles. He says that this bundle looks like it's mostly research. He doesn't really understand it, but he thinks it's research into the plague. And then he pulls out two things, and he says, these are letters. I think you should look at them. Alright, I trust Romp. Um, I, I take a look at the two letters. So, the first letter says, My servant, I leave the care of Barrowman's and the Tenorian Abbey to you. While I am away, report to Witchmaster Paradimos in Dwemer Hollow. He will ensure that your findings reach the ears of Mistress Cold Thought. Until you hear from him, continue to attempt to breach the barrier and investigate what knowledge the souls of the fallen have. You must locate Vitor's bones and deliver them to Witchmaster Paradimos. A weapon to be used against that traitorous fiend must be crafted. Once you have obtained the bones, burn all the bodies, destroy every trace of the Tenorian Order, and ensure that the Journal of Padrig Tenor does not survive. I trust you with this. Do not fail me, or the cause. For the glory of the cause, may we rest in eternal bliss. Vixenius, carnal lady. And the second letter. Putrelax. Vixenius may trust you to complete your duties and to further our goals, but I do not. Your results are lacking. You have not pierced the barrier, and I grow impatient. I will expect results within one cycle of the moon. Fail, and I myself will see to it that you live long past the point of death beneath my own experiments. Do not fail the cause. Marcos Paradimos, Witchmaster. I don't suppose there's a date on that second letter. Neither of them are dated. 
Uh, okay, so things are a little more complicated. Uh, I'll, I'll talk on the way. Thank you, Romp. Brilliant eye as always. I'll keep an eye on the kids down here. You're a hero. Make sure nothing creeps up behind us. Prudent move, Robert. As always. Your wisdom is appreciated. I'll, I'll, I'll keep poking around in here, see if I find anything else for you guys, but uh, best, best of luck. Bloody legend, mate. Alright, uh, well done, Rump. Thank you. Be safe. Cory. Yes. The Cult of Bliss is trying to kill the Frost King. Well, that is an unexpected turn of events. Right. They wanted his bones to make a weapon to kill what they called a traitor from their ranks. More so, um, the Putrelax. The man hmm. we... He gestures over towards the corpse. He uh, was instructed to carry these bones to his superiors. They were expecting him. And one of them may be coming here. If depending on how long ago this letter was written. I think this might be an opportunity for Melian to infiltrate possibly the highest levels of the cult that we're dealing with. Interesting idea. I don't... If that person is coming here, I don't know... Well, no, I don't know if they'll have made it past the barrier. Do you know where we might find them if they are not here? Twimmer Hollow. Ah. Excellent. Well, that's where we're headed. Uh, perhaps we'll be able to meet them before they set out. With a heavy sigh, Melian moves over to closely examine Martin's body. Can't believe I'm about to go by the name of Putrelax. <laughs> You're moving well, up in the world, Melian. A promotion every hour. Not many people have as much upper mobility as you do. You look over his body. You do not like what you see. He is... The, a very... greasy... Oh. individual. He does not look like his hygiene is... necessarily up to par at what Melian prefers. His hair is matted in some places, and his skin is a bit scabby. I'm, I'm picturing Grimma Wormtongue from the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, and then either a bad case of acne or... Oh, like, man, this guy sucks. <laughs> yeah, either acne or, like, maybe he got the plague at some point. Oh, like, boy. I mean, on or the both. side, nobody would ever believe that anybody was impersonating him. <laughs> ever. You know, mate, he said that part of the letters was that this guy was coming to find the secrets of the dead. Maybe the secrets he found was a good skincare routine and the value <laughs> of a bar of soap. <laughs> <laughs> Could come back to Drummer Hollow a transformed man. I do not know many of the dead that do not smell as this man does. Oof. For the sake of the children, I am willing to wear this skin. You're but brave. I will not enjoy it. Brave man, Melian. Are we heading upstairs to... You guys are heading up the stairs. You head up the stairs, and you come into another section of the catac 
into like it doesn't even it doesn't seem like catacombs it seems more like a basement but you can see just right across from you another set of stairs that goes up and as you go up them you come into what is clearly the inside of the abbey you're over down by one corner of the abbey maybe uh, you can see rows of doors perhaps uh, the cells that uh, the monks live in and but looking around you don't see anything you don't see or hear anything we don't know the names of the other two cultists right no we could go bother romp again <laughs> but it, i mean we just hiked all the way up here it would look really silly going back down to ask names i have i can offer another option but you must trust me i trust you Malian. And I. I definitely don't. You've never been trustworthy. I did. I'm kidding. Of course I trust you. Excellent. Philip is so sassy today. <laughs> I am. I've got my sassy pants on. Uh, Melian leans into the stairway, sort of towards the upward one that goes up from where we are, but so that he's still angled towards the rest of the chambers, and he goes, Necromancers! Come on! Melian will slay you! That should bring them. <laughs> And then he starts clanging his sword against his shield. Clang, clang, clang. There is silence. And then you think you hear a, a, um, someone yell. They might be outside the building? Ooh. Quarry starts running in the direction of the yelling. Does not want to let any cult of close members escape. So as you run through the Tenorian Abbey, the flagstones beneath your feet echoing. Uh, I'm assuming that the rest of the group is following suit. <laughs> you come to a set of large doors, and you throw them open. And as you do, you see that you are standing at the doors that are the entrance to the Abbey. And now you are looking out into the walled courtyard of the abbey and you see a building you can see from where you're standing you can see two buildings you can see one that's a bit closer to you and then you can see one that's a bit farther away and the one that is closer to you has multiple undead crawling over it as if they're trying to get in and you can now hear the sound of fighting and yelling seems like there's someone bunkered in that building trying to stave off this undead assault. No cultists, though. You don't well, see it, it might be a cultist in this. Uh, Melian grins and looks at the quarry and says, shall we, paladin? And then just starts, like, booking it over. And I now have extra movement because I'm a barbarian at level 5, so I go 40 feet of, uh, you know, however, however whatever the around. A little extra spring in this step. That's right. Just looking real pleased with himself. As you go charging in this direction towards them, you can see that it looks almost like a hodgepodge mixture. You can see some skeletons that look towards you, 
with this sort of like dark, ill fire inside their eyes. This hateful light that wishes to extinguish all life. And like a zombie that sort of turns and looks towards you. And a few ghouls as well that are on the roof of this building trying to claw through the roof of it. You also see some sort of puddles that are almost sludge-like. That look like they're composed of partly decomposed corpses that have been blasted with some kind of force, as well as bones that have been scattered and shattered and broken, perhaps by some kind of divine force or magic. As you yell and charge down, all the undead begin to turn their heads to fix you with their gaze. Oh man, this 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 mist this javelin would be very useful for those ones on the roof right now. If only I knew how to use it. You will eventually. <laughs> I thought you might like it. It's yes, I do. I do like it very much. Okay. Uh, so can I please have everyone roll initiative? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Two. One. I got no, 13. Uh, technically, uh, 19. Technically five after dexterity mod. <laughs> no, I just rolled in that one. Okay. <laughs> well, this this will be interesting. <laughs> Melian, you're going to go first. You will get to close... On, you have a choice of either a skeleton or a zombie. Melian suspects that the zombies will hit harder because they've got more mass. So he'll go after a zombie. Despite okay. the fact that mechanically that's not how that works. <laughs> it's understandable. <laughs> okay, so you are charging a zombie. Mm-hmm. Roll away. I will recklessly attack because why wouldn't I? And somehow I rolled two nines. Does a nine hit a zombie? Yes. Yes! <laughs> These are classic zombies, so the AC is eight. Well then, he takes eight points of slashing damage from my longsword. And then I get to attack again, because I'm a fifth level barbarian, I get an extra attack now. Uh, does a 23 hit him? I, 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 uh-huh. Uh, he'll take nine more points of slashing damage. Amelian will feel very good about himself. (laughs) This zombie does not look good. You have sliced off some sections of decaying flesh that are just slawed off. And with that, uh, one of the ghouls that is up on the roof is going to jump down to attack you. Does a 15 hit? It does not. Okay. Uh, you remember that they get advantage, so I assume you're just Oh, yes. I forgot that. Thank you. Uh, no, the, the, it does a 15 hit. The other is a 6. It is. <laughs> a 15 still does not hit. Okay. So, one ghoul jumps down. A second ghoul is going to jump down. Does a 17 hit? It does not. Okay. Neither of the two ghouls that are uh, coming down will hit you, and the other two are going to continue tearing at the roof. Let's see how they do. Okay. Uh, 
Okay, looks like one of them is doing decently okay at tearing a bit of the roof. You see it pull up a shingle, and there's a yell from inside, and you can hear what almost sounds like someone praying really loudly. Faileth, it's your turn. Hey! Alright, how far away am I from Melian? Oh, you are at most 30 feet from Melian. Oh, good. Uh, I am going to run up to Melian. These guys don't look all that uh, difficult. So I'm going to square off with him and I'm going to look at this zombie that appears to be rather hurt. And I say, hey, zombie, you suck. Uh, and it needs to make a uh, wisdom saving throw. Does a 15 pass? Oh, crap, it might. Hold on. No! <laughs> no, it doesn't. Oh, good. <laughs> it's gonna take three psychic damage. And that was the same, that was the same one that Melian yep. was facing, right? Okay. It looks like it is being barely held together by some kind of nefarious evil magic. It's got disadvantage on its next attack now. Thank you. Uh, and with that, some of these skeletons are going to go. They are going to... One of them is going to continue attacking the door to try and bust in. Luckily it does not. And the other two, one of them is going to try and take it, get in through a window. It does not. And the third one is going to come at Melian and Faileth. It's going to charge at Melian because he is up front. It does a 21 hit you. Yes, that would. Four piercing damage for slightly higher than minimum. But <laughs> And now with that, the two zombies are going to go. The one that is, a, one of them's attacking Melian. That one is the one that has disadvantage. So the disadvantage plus advantage cancels out. So mm -hmm. I don't think that a 12 will hit you. So it will try and spring down its fist on you. But you've removed enough flesh from that side that it's a little off center <laughs> and almost falls over. The second one, on the other hand, uh, is going to try and bring down its fist as well. And it's going to miss. Just it, it just swings wildly and does not strike you. And with that, it is Jovan's turn. Alright. Um, so, we know where there's a pile of zombies, and there are two very capable folks on that. Um, looking inside, is there any like, any idea where the other two necromancers are? The other two black-robed individuals? You don't see them here. Okay. I'm going to uh, bonus action to attempt to shove one of the ghouls off the roof. Um, the far side there. And then I'm going to use um, my movement to see if I can do a lap around the inside of the, uh, inside of the chapel. Okay, so the abbey is quite big. Right. And it has five floors above the basement and the catacombs. So um, mm. you could run around, but the from what you could see, it looked like the main floor. If this is similar to how the Abbey of Trusus Solus was laid out, 
is probably the main floor is penitent cells, and then the upper is going to be where it starts to get into the actual rooms that get used for various things. Right, okay, so let's deal with the rooms first. We'll just wrap that up real quick. Uh, first off, uh, one of the rules is going to make a uh, strength check. Ooh, uh, that is a natural one. Uh, so he just gets shoved five feet away. Um, yeah, he'll fall just... straight off the edge of the roof. It's only ten feet, so... I just don't want them bursting in because it looks like they're actually making progress up there. Uh, I'm going to use my uh, center action to plop a bolt into whichever um, zombie was looking more damaged. Uh, well, I rolled a six, but with modifiers, it is above an eight. So <laughs> Deal damage. That is going to be six damage. Which I think it's halved because they have resistance to piercing, or is that just skeletons? Nope. Uh, zombies have something else. Okay, so that was six damage. Brings it to that, and now I just need to make a roll. The zombie did pass its constitution saving throw, so it pops back up to one hit point instead of being destroyed. Alright, easy as. Uh, so this zombie has not gone down. It looked like it almost went down, but... It's back for more. And with that, Quarry, it is your turn. Okay, so probably explaining why Quarry and Yovan are at the bottom of the initiative. Quarry's also concerned about where these necromancers have gone. Um, we're outside. Are we yes. able to see, like, uh, this is walled. How far is it to see beyond the wall? Looking out from here, uh... You can see that directly across from where the entrance is that you are, you can see that there are some small fields that look like they have some veg that may have had vegetables growing in them at one point. Uh, there's what looks like it could possibly be a stable. There's a well. And then there's the building that's closer that's blocking view of one side. And then there's a road that sort of bends and goes out to the right, out of your field of vision because of the of the abbey blocking you, and then it also seems to go off to the right, off to the left out of your vision because of the other building that is blocking you, and then it also goes straight across to the far wall, and you can see even a section of the wall that has crumbled off the cliff, down. Okay, but I don't see any signs of anybody making a, an escape. It doesn't look like it. Alrighty At least then. not right here. Corey is going to wade into the battle. Sounds like a plan. I don't want to crowd Faileth and Million, so is there one that's like maybe maybe one of the ones he opened knocked off the roof? I don't know if I can. Do you want to reach for the ghoul that has been knocked off the roof? Yeah. Sounds good. There are two ghouls that are engaged with uh, Melian and Faileth, mm -hmm. or at least engaged with Melian. And then there is one ghoul up on the roof, and one ghoul that is now down off, the, that has fallen off the roof. Excellent. I'm going for the one that's fallen off the roof. Is he by any chance prone? Or she? Could he be ghoul? Don't mean to discriminate. Isn't Cory's whole character concept discriminating against the undead? I mean, yes, but not gender discrimination. Oh, that's fair. Okay. Quarry discriminates against <laughs> all undead equally. Sure. Nice. Even that isn't true, because you were being quite kind to the ghost that we were just chatting with. 
I mean, he's not really undead. There's like a difference between. Don't you and... dare lump ghosts with undead. Ghosts are natural. Ghosts ex- are supposed to exist. Undead are foul creatures. Yes, exactly. I dare you. I have some logistical questions, Fela. Yes. When you fall, you are knocked prone. The school has not had a chance to get up. Please roll. So I roll the nat 20. Heck yeah. Uh, 13 slashing damage for my first attack. Are you using Divine Smite? No. I don't have that many spell slots, and these things don't seem like... Cory's waiting to encounter the rest of the cultists. Because I am now level 5, I get an extra attack like Dragon Dragon. Do I still get advantage because he's still clear on prone? Yes. Oh, good. <gasps> You'll never guess. I rolled a three and then I rolled a two. So, does a nine hit? Sadly for ghouls, no. Their hide has <laughs> been toughened by their transformation into the undead. Unlike a zombie. But you have dealt a pretty serious blow to the school and it cries out with like a guttural shriek and then it moans feed me and with that Melian it is your turn uh there's still a zombie in front in front of me right yes there are uh, all the zombies, two are zombies. Still standing. yeah there are two zombies one skeleton two ghoul and the ghoul there's a ghoul that jumped down and tried to hit me and failed mm-hmm. alright so my plan is to dispatch that ghoul no, sorry, dispatch the zombie that I'd almost killed, and then turn on that ghoul. Okay. Uh, and I will once again attack recklessly. So that's an 8. I got two 18s. It's an 18 to hit the zombie. Okay. Mm-hmm. He will take four points of slashing damage. Now I will roll for his undead fortitude. You are so lucky. You are one number away from him passing. He does go down. <laughs> Excellent. In which case, I turn and I attack the ghoul uh, for crit! <laughs> which is good, because it's a good thing I rolled with advantage, because my first roll was a 6. Uh, which means he takes 11 points of slashing damage. He will let out a girl sort of howl, and almost like a chitter, and he goes, I will feast on flesh! And then he's going to try and chomp on you. As a bonus action, when he says that, I make myself look like Futrelax, uh, that I look as unappetizing as possible. <laughs> he suddenly decides not to bite you. That's right. He did roll a one, so he's actually going to be sort of taken aback by your sudden transformation. And he just, like, his teeth go just chatter in the air in front of you? Yeah, I don't blame him. I can uh... imagine that Futrelax has, like, a very short, flat nose, and... The, the zombie bit at where the nose had been before it retracted into Melian's face. That's an excellent idea. This slavering ghoul who was driven by hunger to just try and bite you when really it should have attacked you with its claws. Yeah, no. <laughs> and now the second ghoul is going to go. This one is one of the ones that is up on the... This is the last one that is up on the roof, and it's going to try and smash through to get in. Oh, so lucky. It also rolled a one, so it won't get through. 
and then one of the other ghouls that is the one that is on the ground by Quarry is going to spend half of its movement to stand up, so it is no longer prone, and then it is going to attack Quarry. And a nine, I'm assuming, does not hit you, Quarry. It does not. So it will whiff on that, and then the fourth ghoul, who is either engaged with Melian or Faileth, is going to attack one of them. I'm going to roll a die. It's going to try and attack Melian as well. Did you attack recklessly? I did. Yeah, okay. That is a 19. Uh, yeah, that's exactly enough to hit me. Okay. It is then going to swing out. If it's not too late, I can throw out a warning. Okay. As the other ghoul charges in, um, Jovan shouts out a warning to, to Melian. It's at, to your left. Gain and with that, Melian, you just barely dodge as this ghoul rakes out its claws to try and catch you. And you notice that the claws of the ghoul are almost tinged a sort of greenish miasmic Ooh. color. My thanks, friend Yovin, because I'm, I'm in the I'm in the body now. Can I take yeah. back the warning? <laughs> <laughs> Just, every bad guy's body I take has a different classic villain's voice, and this one is definitely Skeletor. I don't like this one, Melly, and be the other one again. He was funny. <laughs> and with that, Faileth, it is your turn. Mm, I, I don't like this ghoul. I'm going to run up to it, and I'm going to summon my ghostly hand, and I'm going to touch it and say, hey, maybe die for real. Does a 26 hit? Yes. Is yeah. this the one Melian is fighting, or the one that just tried to strike Melian? Ah, uh, it's the one that just tried to strike Melian. Okay. Because how dare he? Alright, I'm only casting this at first level because I'm out of second level spells, which means it is only 3d10. Oh, only. Yes. Oh, only. <laughs> only 3d10. Uh, and that is 18 points of necrotic damage. So hopefully this thing doesn't absorb and enjoy necrotic damage. Uh, we've already tried this on a ghoul. We're, we're oh, yeah. It does. You should be fine. So as you touch it with your hand, these dark tendrils lash out, wrapping around and pulling away. And as it as they do, the places that they touch sort of break apart and begin to crumble into dust. And this creature howls in agony and pain. Good riddance, you unnatural abomination. As the last tendrils pull away, the thing is still standing, just barely, though, and you can see portions of its skin are still leaking dust. Dust again? I'm not liking this. This is some weird imagery from my dreams. And with that, it's going to be the skeletons. Uh, One skeleton is going to try and bash down the door. Let's see if he rolls another one. You hear the sound of the door beginning to splinter. You then hear the sound of what sounds like a window beginning to splinter. And then the third skeleton is going to slash at Faileth. Yeah. Does a 23 hit you? Ooh. (laughs) I'm wearing so much armor. So much AC. Yes, of course. I'm glad I I healed a little bit. Because of Jovan. Yes. (laughs) He will bring his, like, it's almost like a, a rusted 
farming implement that this skeleton is wielding, and it will cut into your arm for seven piercing damage. Ow! It's a good thing I healed or I'd be dead right now. Fuck it, I got trip points to burn. I'll spend two of them and distract it to reduce that damage by 2d4. David, do you roll that, or do I roll it, or does Faileth roll it? It doesn't make that exceedingly clear. Then you would roll it. Sure. It is your ability you Ah, uh, just five, then. One out of four. You take two piercing damage. Yay! You yell something at the skeleton, and it sort of half pulls up, or you maybe chuck a rock at it, bounces off of it a little bit. It doesn't... Uh, mage hand pokes it in the elbow or something. <laughs> nice. Did you take its funny bone? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> Game over. I lay down in front of the ghouls. <laughs> uh, and then the other zombie is going to go, and it's going to try and smash Melia. 18 does not hit you. Does not. So it's going to try and bring its fist down on you, but it will just barely miss. And with that, Jovan, it is your turn. Um, I'm going to go ahead and shove that other ghoul off the roof, um, or at least attempt to, if you can make a Please strength. don't drop it on my head. I take a half Ghouls step sideways, so it's a bit of an echo. And it makes a strength check, and it gets a 13. Not enough. It goes tumbling. Okay, so... In pushing it, are you trying to push it on top of the other ghoul? Um, I took a half step to the side first, just to, so it's a slightly different angle, because it has to be directly away from me. Okay, I'm going to flip a coin. Okay. Uh, call it heads or tails. Heads always. Uh, if, then, if it is on heads, it will be... The ghoul will fall on top of the other ghoul, and it will knock that one prone as well. Huh? If it's tails, it will just fall prone. That's heads. Easy. Two for one. <laughs> Huzzah! Thump. Uh, both the ghouls are now... Both these ghouls are now prone. Um, I will then take a shot at the one that Cory uh, had already attacked. Because you're attacking from beyond five feet, you do have disadvantage on the attack roll. It's unfortunate. Heartbreaking. Okay, so that was a 11 and a 20. That's fine. It's a 16 after modifier. Does that hit? It will hit. And that will do 7 damage. You pin this ghoul's shoulder. It is going to have a harder time getting up, but it is angry. And with that, Kawari, it is your turn. Excellent. Um, so the one that I was already attacking is prone again? Yes. Another ghoul has basically, like, fell and knocked its feet, and it fell down, and now they're both snapping at each other, and a arrow, a crossbow bolt has buried itself in the shoulder, and it has roared. Hilarious. I am going to attempt to uh, hit the one that I had hit previously. Sounds good. I get knocked down. Put him up again. And the one is a 14 to hit. Sure that the will hit. More of a, this happened more of a, I get up, I get knocked down again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm never going to get to attack. <laughs> It is an 8 slashing damage. And with that, please describe the end of this poor unfortunate ghoul. I think it's down on the ground. It's got a shoulder pinned. I'm just going to swing down with uh, my halberd and cave in its chest. Poor unfortunate ghoul. In train. In knee. (laughs) And with that, this ghoul's unlife 
has ended. Does that mean it just has regular life now? <laughs> does, he come, does he come back to life? Because I'm going to feel real bad. No, then we'll have done a good, good thing. An extra good thing. Maybe it's one of the parents. And Remacquare, you have extra attack. I do, yeah. So I'm going to attack the one that fell on top of this one. Sounds good. Oh, yeah, I have extra attack. I only attack one. So I... Oh, I'm That's sorry, fine. That's fine. Hey, listen, I should be able to remember my own powers. I was so excited about it. You only just got it. It's okay. Yeah. 22 to hit. That hits. Nine slashing damage to the other girl. Melian, it is your turn. Well, I'm definitely going to two attacks this round. I, I Actually, in retrospect, I may have done two, because I think I attacked the zombie and the... I knocked the zombie down, then I killed. It's just been a really long time since my turn. Mm. Right, I think yeah. you killed one of the... You killed one of the <laughs> zombies with your first stack, then you hit the ghoul. And then I hit a ghoul, yeah. So I think that's... I think I'm fine. I think I did remember it. It, it. it had just been so long that I'd forgotten. Combat is usually... Combat is long. Anyway, I attacked that ghoul still, because he's still up, right? I imagine. <laughs> Yep. Uh, I attack him with advantage. I assume a 21 hits him. Oh, most certainly. In which case, he will take four slashing damage. I'm running. I'm rolling very badly on my damage rolls. Uh, but then I will attack him again, and a 19 to hit. Oh, that hits. And in this instance, he will take 10 points of slashing. Please damage. describe the end of this poor unfortunate ghoul. Oh, excellent. So I, um, the first slash cat, like sort of the belly area. So he sort of does that lean forward that everyone does when they get a wound to their belly. And then because he's leaned forward a little, uh, Melian brings his sword back across the other way uh, at neck level. So his head just sort of like spins up behind my back and his body just crumples to the ground. I definitely didn't plan that out. <laughs> the ghoul that had fallen off, just fallen off the roof is going to struggle, stand up, and then is going to strike Quarry. Quarry, does a 20 hit you? Yeah. So that ghoul is going to strike, and it will hit Kawari. It will do five slashing damage, but can you please give me a constitution saving throw? Whoa. As its claws do rake across you. Soul protect me. You are successful. Oh, I thought you were going to say, you are poison. You, no, you are successful in avoiding the paralytic agent. Just five slashing damage as a claw raked across you and nicked your skin, and you felt sort of almost like a fire run up your veins oh, briefly. Yuck. yuck. You can feel it pumping through you, but you're fighting against it. And then the other ghoul is going to swing at Faileth. Come at me, Brule. I don't know, but they better not. Does an 18 hit you? Yeah. So it is going to rake its claws down across you. Ow. Why? And you'll take eight piercing damage. But I'm so cute, though. <laughs> and can you please give me a constitution saving throw? Yeah. Faileth, I will give you advantage on this, because elves are generally immune to this. <gasps> Ooh. An eight. First one's a six. Uh, does eleven pass? Uh, before you answer that, I'm actually not quite sure. I don't think Warning can mentally boost her saving throw on this. But it's when a creature within 60 feet of you makes an attack or casts a spell, including attack roll or saving throw, you can use your action and spend one trick point to one another creature within 60 feet of you. Uh, the one creature gets a bonus equal to your intelligence modifier to its AC or saving throw against that attack or spell, whichever applies. That could be read as the saving throw only applies to spells and the AC only applies to attacks. I think it's that way because it basically, it's an attack and then this is an effect of the attack. That makes sense. I just wanted to ask. We're all good. 
Thank you for asking. It's good for us to get that clarified. Faileth, you, by the grace of the gods, have just barely passed this. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. See, Soul likes you. Are you, are you, you're really wounded though, yeah? No, because I had uh, 25, so I'm only at 15 now. Oh no, wait, how much damage did I take? Yeah, I have 15 still. 15, 15 of what? 40. You 40 total? I thought you would like, yeah. I thought you'd... No. Yeah. Why don't I think you had 50-something? I don't know. I, do. I, I don't 54. know. Oh. oh, I thought you were the paladin, apparently. <laughs> apparently, you know. Here, here I am with my 67 hit points still right now, and I'm like, oh man, wow, 15 seems really low. All right. Yeah. I mean, it is. Uh, Melian's still going to assess that you're in mortal danger. I mean, I think you could, I've been hurt. I think you can pretty hair uh-huh. with impunity. With that, it is Faileth's turn. All right. So I got, there's what, there's a, there's still one ghoul on us? The one there's that just one attacked me? one ghoul on you, and then yeah. there's one ghoul on Kwari, and there's a zombie and a skeleton on Melian. Okay. Um, I'm mad at the ghoul who tried to hurt me, or who did hurt me, but didn't manage to poison me. Uh, so she's gonna say, look, we've had this conversation, or at least I just had it with one of your friends. You're not supposed to exist. You go against the natural order, so I'm gonna have to, like, kill you now. It's nothing personal, except it's very personal, you jerk! Uh, and I am going to cast Inflict Wounds with my ghostly necromantic hand. Let's make this attack roll. Yes! Yes, 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 that is 6d10 of necrotic damage. I do 44 necrotic damage. Okay, Faileth. Yeah. You touch this thing. Mm-hmm. I do. The darkness that comes out of your hand does not come out like slithering tendrils that wrap around it and begin to decay it into dust. It almost is like a giant maw explodes out and closes around the school. And when the darkness is gone, there is not even a pile of dust. There is just an absence. Did anybody else see that? That was bloody cool! I think I just ate it with my magic! That is what happens when Faith takes something to negative 40 hit points. Uh, I mean, it was not the best use of a crit, I, but it was very satisfying. And with that, the two skeletons on the other side are going to try and attack. Oof, and with that, you hear the sound of the door completely breaking, and a shout come from inside. By the grace of the celestial triad, drive out these foul creatures! Soul, rain down your purifying light! Liana, shelter our feet in your hands! Gnosis, give us strength. My brothers, pray. And the window also shatters on that side as the boards give way. And with that, now the third skeleton, who is engaged with Melian, is going to swing to strike him. Did you attack recklessly? Mm-hmm. This skeleton, uh, because of reckless attack, did get a crit. Rolled a natural 20. Ooh. So... 
he is going to roll horribly on his damage and only deal seven piercing damage to you. Wow. <laughs> hey, that doubled the amount of damage I take already this fight. So. Uh, or, and or in the last two fights combined. That this zombie that has missed you every single time, even <laughs> though it has rolled with advantage, uh, is going to miss you again. Yes. Jovan, it's your turn. I'm starting to think at this point, we don't really need to fight them. If we just, like, just let them keep rolling at things, they're gonna just fall apart. <laughs> is there any way I can move to get visual on the guy inside the hut? Unless you went all the way around to the other sides that you were seeing through the window and door that have been broken, uh, no, you're not gonna be able to see the ones that are inside the hut. Okay. Um, well, I'll spend my movement to move that way, okay. cycling around the far side. Yeah, I'll spend uh, my standard and my bonus action popping shots into the ghoul closest to quarry. Uh, so that's going to be an 18. That will hit. That's 3 damage. Sorry, okay. 4 damage. My bad. And that's going to be a 12. Just 12 hit. That will just hit. Oh, and that's going to be 7 damage. And with that, you make it around to the front of this building. Uh, looking at it, you can see that a skeleton is crawling in through one of the windows, and another skeleton has basically like kicked and bashed down the door, and is moving in to attack what appears to be some of the Tenorian monks that have holed up in here. Oh, there's a few of them. Okay. You note that they all are still wearing the metal bands, and there is an elderly one that is kneeling in the middle uh, holding up a holy symbol, praying really loudly. Perhaps the abbot himself. And with that, Kawari, it is your turn. Right. I've got this ghoul that i got to take care of, who is no longer prone. He is no longer prone. I have Carlin on me, right? Yes, you do. Carlin, d- distract him with your tentacles. A tentacle will shoot out of the bag and, like, whip the side of his head. Excellent. Uh, giving you the help action. That will be a 21 to hit. That will hit. Oh my gosh, I rolled a 1 on my die. That's a 5 slashing damage on my first attack. Please describe the unfortunate end for the school. Imagine, like, Carlin whips out and smacks him in the head in the in one direction, and Quarry's coming in the other direction with their halberd, and just catches him right in the side, and he kind of, like, bends a little bit into the blade and then crumples. It slices clean through gore and the half-digested flesh that has been, that is this school's supper, slawing out. My description was a lot less unpleasant. And it is now Melian's turn. (laughs) Mr. Me Lion, you have a skeleton and a zombie engaged with you. Ugh. And Faileth took quite a bit of damage last time. Yeah, I use a bonus action to go to enrage, which means that for four of my six seconds, I float up off the ground. There's a whole Japanese anime, magic princess hair transformation. You know, I turn into a brightly rainbow-colored outline. uh, Yay! (laughs) I spin around. My weapon spins in from off-screen. You know, the whole nine nine yards. I was thinking that I was going to charge those two skeletons that are about to go into the building, because I don't want them to get into the building. So I'm going to take the... Despite the fact that I'm enraging to protect Quar- uh, to protect Faleth, I'm going to um, hand her... Oh no, I've used my bonus action already. Never mind. Use my bonus action to go enrage, and then I'm going to take the two attacks of opportunity and charge those other two skeletons. 
before I okay. take my two attacks. So you are going to charge. Now, you know what? I, hmm? I know I said that that's what I was going to do, but I, honestly, I can't justify that character-wise. That's what I want to do in a meta level, but Melian would not abandon Fela to fight these two guys by, her, by herself. So, no, I'll just attack the skeleton next. I am attacking him recklessly, though. That's a 19. That will hit. In which case, he will take... Oh, that's an attack. I was like, what? How did I roll so much damage? Uh, that would be nine points of slashing damage, adding the plus two for being enraged. You take a nice hefty chunk out of this skeleton, but you see the magic almost re-knitting it back together at the same time. It's still standing after the first hit. Mm, so I hit it again. Uh, does a 17 hit it? That will hit. Twelve more points of slashing damage. Please describe the end of this poor unfortunate skeleton. So the second uh, slash gets my sword stuck, gets Melian's sword stuck inside his uh, ribcage. Uh, and so Melian, like, twists the sword and then wrenches up. So the whole skeleton's torso just separates from the spine. And then he just sort of flings it behind him as it, as it slides off the, as the bones slide off his sword. The legs briefly continue moving and doing a jig as if they're trying to reconnect with the rest of the body. And you see the other half of it start to almost claw towards you. And then the light in its eyes goes out and it just crumples. And then I'll, as a free act, I'm just going to roar very loudly in the face of that zombie. Because, you know, you know, effect. Is that the zombie or is that Million? <laughs> oh no, Elian has his own effect. That was the zombie. Okay, I just wanted to say. Way to steal those today. Faileth, it is your turn. Uh, Faileth is high on her own power at the moment. There's what, a skeleton and a zombie? No, skeleton's dead. Skeleton's dead, so just the zombie. Skeleton's huh? down. There's just a zombie engaged with Melian, and then there's two other skeletons that are breaking in the building. Okay, uh, I'm gonna. I'm going to run right next to Melian, and I'm going to shout at that zombie and say, Hey, you jerk! I ate your friend with my magic, and now I'm going to eat you with my magic, too! Uh, can it ha give me a wisdom saving throw? Does a negative two. Surprisingly, it doesn't pass. <laughs> I know, shocking. Uh, and it takes all of, hey, max four damage. Nice. And then it has disadvantage, if I remember correct, right? Yep, it's been viciously mocked. I only have two first-level spell slots left, and I'm saving them just in case. And with that, now the two skeletons that are going into the building. Yovan, from where you are, you can see the one going through the window climb into the building. And the other one kicks the rest of the door out and goes in swinging wildly. And the first one, as it swings wildly, the implement that it is wielding will just catch and cut the sleeves of one of the monks as he stumbles back. And the second one uh, is still... It's just barely gets through the window as and then tries to swing, but because of how it's laying half through the window onto a table, its swing does not catch, and it just slices down the back of one of the monk's robes. And with that, it is the zombie that is engaged with Melian's turn, and it has disadvantage, but it has advantage because Melian attacked recklessly, so it 
just rolls flat, and it got a 10. So it will swing and fail to hit you as it has not hit you this entire combat. And that is Yovan's turn. Right, um, so... Is Quarry still tangled up with that ghoul? Quarry is now on the other side of the building from you, and you can't see them. Can I see the ghoul that they're fighting? Or is that also out of view? That is out of view. Well, then I'm over here, but I'm the least equipped to do anything for these people. Uh, <laughs> uh, can I take a movement action to try to get uh, line of sight on Quarry without losing line of sight of the people in the building? Because of the nature of that, you're basically... Your line of sight is through the door, and or that's been smashed or through the window, it's going to be hard. Can I move like 15 feet to the side to see Quarry and then 15 feet back? Yes, you could. Okay, so... When you move back to the side, when you move to the side, you can see that Quarry is not engaged with the ghoul anymore. It has been disemboweled. Excellent. I'll yell out to Quarry. Um, yeah. There's people in there with the skeletons. Uh, they don't have any way to defend themselves. I'm coming. And then I'm going to... Uh, back, and it feels like shooting skeletons with a crossbow is just not going to be effective, but I'll give it, I'll give it a honest try. Yeah, well, we'll take one shot and see where that gets us. Does a 14. Yes, a 14 will hit a bone. Does 5 damage do anything? Okay, so you hit one of them in the shoulder. This is the one that came through the door and slash at a monk that stumbled back. You can hear the monks yelling and praying. Are you going to use your bonus action? Well, yeah, I'm thinking whether I want to take another shot or do something tricky with the hands, but there's, I really don't have a whole lot I can pull here. So, um, yeah, I'll just take another shot. Uh, does a knight? Sadly, it will not. It will go through and it will uh, embed itself in the wall. Then that's me. And with that, Quarry is your turn. I move as quickly as I can to where Yovan is. Um, I don't think you want to move to me. I'm not, like, right up against the building. I'm, I'm past the building. Oh, okay. I'm going to move towards the, the entrance of the building. Yeah, so if you hug the building coming around, it will get you 30 feet to come in just behind the skeleton that came through the door. And then with reach uh, from your halberd, uh, you'll be able to hit the skeleton. Right, so uh, Cory will say, Harlan, help me if you can. And for flavor, say, like, maybe he throws a, a small amount of acid to distract him or something, because I don't know if his tentacles can reach the, the ten feet to cross. Um, and then for my first attack... Oh, so glad I had advantage. Oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this. I rolled a one, and then I rolled a two. So that's a... An eight to hit? That will not hit. I am not surprised. Um, for my first attack. Carlin tr tried to reach out and hit it, but as it sort of did, uh, and he pulled his pentacle back, it maybe like hit your halberd a little bit, knocking Oops. it off course. <sighs> Can happen. Okay, with my second attack, I will try to hit the same skeleton. Oh, I rolled a one! Oh, I rolled no. another one! So never mind. What horrible thing happens to me? Failed to hit the skeleton. We haven't been. We haven't technically been doing critical fumbles in a horrible oh, way. Good. Necessarily. So. Oh, good. What funny thing 
do you think happens? Do you, as you stab it out, embed it into the wall next to the, uh, like, into the door frame instead? Now you're sort of blocking the door? Um, oh, I don't know. Sure. So you go to, you strike out on your first one, and then you, as you go to make the second one, you actually bring it up, and you accidentally embed it just on the inside of the door frame at the top. So now it's like, the halberd is basically coming down as like a, a block in the middle of the door. I don't want to stop anybody from coming in to save these people, though. Oh, people can still get okay. around it, but you'll have to heft it and pull it out next turn. Because we have two skeletons And now? with that... Yes, there are two skeletons. And with that, Melian, it is your turn. Uh, Melian, that zombie is still up. No, no, the zombie's down? No, it's still up. <sighs> Melian uses his bonus action to hand Faileth the potion, because he's leaving. <laughs> the zombie's all hers. So I'll give her another healing potion, which she, she, she better drink. And then uh, he'll charge into, uh, into the place to save the people from the... Now, oh, I keep wanting to do that, it just doesn't feel right. No, Melian killed this, uh, this zombie. I'll still hand you a potion, though. So that's a 13 to hit the zombie. And as I that recall, will that will hit, yeah. Uh, so that's 9 points of slashing damage. Okay. And then assuming it is still up. It is still up. This Remember, this one is, has he's, not been Yeah, he's much. not. I was going to say. He took 4 damage from uh, failure. Uh, then in which case, it's 17 to hit him. And I have not attacked uh, recklessly yet. Uh, so that's another 7 points of slashing damage. Oh, this zombie is barely holding it together, but considering that he usually holds himself together quite well, is <laughs> uh, saying something. <laughs> and with that, Faileth, it is your turn. I look at the zombie and I just go, oh my god, why won't you die? Uh, and he can give me another wisdom save, please. Does a four pass? Ah, uh, three damage. What are your cutting words? Why won't you die? Die! Uh, three damage. That is enough to make me need to roll his undead fortitude. So let's see if he stitches himself back together enough. He stitches himself back together enough, enough that he sort of falls a bit, and then pulls himself up and tries to throw a punch towards you. And he is going to try and throw this punch towards Faileth, which, because he is engaged with Melian... He has disadvantage on that attack because of my ancestral protectors. And if he does, even if he does hit Faileth, she'll have resistance to any kind of damage that he could do. Excellent. Uh, he got a natural one with that disadvantage. Uh, so he's going to try and bring his Still fist down, down, and he even misses Faileth. Yay! I definitely did that zombie out of order because the skeletons should go before him. Uh, but I wanted to thematically finish that section. So the skeletons are going to try and attack. And why do I keep rolling sixes? Both the skeletons are again going to slash at cloth. These monks are moving around uh, as they're, as the abbot prays. And one of them is even trying to fend off one of the skeletons with a rolling the pen. Is working. And with that, Yovin, it is your turn. Uh, all right, I'm going to take another pair of shots at the skeletons. The one that I clipped on the shoulder. Uh, so that's going to be a 12. Does a 12 hit? That will not. Okay, pulling again. That's a 9. 9 does not hit. So your two bolts uh, drive themselves into the wood. These 
instead on either side of the door. You didn't really want to hit Kawari. And Kawari, you're up. Excellent. I am going to pull my halberd out of the door frame and attempt to hit the skeleton that I was going for before and again ask Carlin to create some kind of diversion. Carlin reaches over to the table that is right by the door and like grabs a small piece of crockery mm. off it and hucks it at the back of the skeleton's head. Okay, hilarious. I rolled a 19, which is great. And then I rolled a 1 for my second roll. So I don't know what's going on. So it's a good We're thing. Doomed. It's a good thing it's you have advantage. Yes, that's very true. Okay, so that's a 25 to hit. That will hit. And that will be 13 slashing damage on the first attack. Describe the end for this poor unfortunate skeleton. Oh, excellent. Um, Quarry frustrated with the two missed attempts that they made earlier. Uh, swings with as much might as they can and I think shatters several of the ribs on their stroke down. And then for my second attack, can I attack the other skeleton? Yep. That is a 23 to hit. That will hit. Perfect. That is 12 damage. Oh, gosh. This skeleton looks like it is barely holding itself together. Oh, good. You've broken some bones, and you can see that the magic is only slowly knitting them back together. And with that, Melian, it is your turn. The All zombie right, now... stands in front of you, oh, that barely alive. <laughs> I attack him one more time. This time, for sure. Uh, does a 21 hit him? That will hit. Uh, I figured it might. Does 8 slashing damage. Put the zombie to bed. This activates its undead fortitude. It has to make a DC 12. No, no. It has to make a DC of 13. It got a 4. Well, it actually got a 7. But I rolled a 4. So it is down. So I'm assuming that you, like... Smashed, basically it's charged through this yeah, it's, yeah. zombie. I, say, I stab him, and when I see that the stab is connected, uh, Melian just starts running forward, carrying the zombie along until he, his poor uh, desiccated body starts to fall apart around his sword. And with that, you charge around, and you can just get through the door, and you'll be able to and far enough in to swing at the other skeleton. I was going to say, I, I do have 40 feet of movement now. Instead yes. Of better, so. uh, in which case, yes, I will take my other attack. Uh, that is a 19 to hit. That will hit. Once again, Please I did not... describe the end of this combat. Excellent. Uh, so that skeleton is facing Quarry. You know, it's all prepared. It's got its, its bony arms holding up its shield and sword. And then Melian runs in behind it and just, with the flat of his blade, just uh, like a baseball swing with one arm, just off the head off the skull goes and you can see it sail across the room uh the light slowly fading from its eyes as it sails across the the crowd of um uh, monks to, to smash against a uh, a far wall and crumble into uh, various bone shards and teeth it breaks apart with that impact and combat is done the enemy has been defeated around you there are corpses and in front of you, there are a few of the Tenorian monks, their leader holding a holy symbol in his hands and keeping them in prayer, who looks up towards you and says, 
Praise be to the celestial triad. Truly you are heroes. Liana, Gnosis, and Soul have answered our prayers. They have sent us saviors, my brothers. And with that, we will end tonight's session. listening to Roll With Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe for future episodes, rate us where you get your podcast, and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can write us at dm at rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com, Purple Planet Music, and Arcane Anthems. Full credits are in the episode description. Hi, my name's Allie, and I'm playing Cory Anaclathi Bostukface, a Goliath Paladin. You may have noticed the quiet curvuffwafwa. you really nicely could you post that on Facebook it will I will retain it better oh, if I read course. it than if I hear it you are a saint thank you let me just pull this up it's in the one document I didn't open how dare you this I was like, I don't need this. I don't. I don't. I don't need the description of the fight. Oh yeah, uh, yes, uh-huh. you wrote this at the end. <laughs> the curse. That they Sorry. speak Yo. of. <laughs> you. You go. Before that, there is no marker of time that I can understand to know how old it was in that place of pain and horror. I agree, this is scary. We should phone for the police. Indeed. I should probably mute when I'm not talking if the door is going to be open. <laughs> When we recorded this, we made the awful mistake of losing someone's audio. So you're going to hear a lot of empty space in spaces where there should be words. Just pretend that Brian is talking. (laughs) (laughs) And then you'll just leave the session as usual. There'll be these pauses. I mean, you'll shorten them, obviously. but And then everyone will just react to nothing. Uh, In fact, what you should do is let me record, like, some... (laughs) Sounds. Long silence. I trust you, Melian. <laughs> Tell me about this plan, Melian. <coughs> Sounds good. Let's do that. Cass, we do that. All right, you do that, and then <laughs> there's there's just me being like. So I talked to my players. We I was going to originally 
tell you sort of what I remembered Melian saying during this time, <laughs> but everyone thought it would be funnier if I didn't. If so. I did. <laughs> oh boy. Join our Patreon to get the secret hidden recordings from us. We are back. We are recording. Don't miss my turn. They're always so entertaining for me. <laughs>